You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. to another episode of the doctor's companion i'm scott corelli and i'm matt smith but not that matt smith and we're from mindrobber.net the home side of mindrobber productions where we talk about all the things on podcasts like this one the doctor's companion where we talk about doctor who the mind robbers versus where we pick a show we love we talk about it episode by episode uh not unlike the doctor's companion um only we talk about well currently we're talking about superman the animated series and batman the animated series and occasionally uh we talk about a movie that's out in theaters. Uh, some sort of new release. I think the next one coming, actually, it should be up by now, is um, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Man of so, Steel. Man yeah, of Steel. So, 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 so go if you want to hear our thoughts on Man of Steel. Uh, you're going to want to subscribe to the Mind Robbers Versus and enjoy. And then, of course, our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool thing you might feel like sharing, you can email them to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, find the post for this episode on the website. Leave a comment. We'll comment back. And there you have it. And then finally, uh, tell your friends. Tell them. Yeah. You can tell them whatever you want. Just tell them. Shout it from the rooftops at their face. At their face. Uh, so today we're talking about The Wheel in Space, a reconstructed story. Um, two episodes exist, four do not. And uh, it's a Patrick Troughton story, and it's um, uh, Cybermen. <laughs> um, Is it? Is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> they, I, I say it is. Uh, they do a dance to prove it. No, it, it it definitely is, but is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's an interpretive dance. Um, what's the background and significance of, of, of said story? Yes, Wheel in Space. Uh, the final story of the infamous season five of Doctor Who. Uh, this was the story that ended off Patrick Troughton's second season as the Doctor with a uh, kind of like a bookend. The, it's, the season started with Tomb of the Cybermen, and it ends with a Cyberman story, Wheel in Space. So it, it kind of is this nice, big, full picture, I kind of think, with a with a weird, not base under siege story in, in the middle. Uh, it's it's interesting because this, this, this is the base under siege season. Every, season. every story this season, except for one, is about uh, uh, the Doctor bunkering down with a bunch of people and fighting off monsters from taking over a particular location. If you look at uh, this as the progression of Cybermen stories, uh, this is a story that is written by David Whitaker from an idea by Kit Pedler. Uh, Kit Pedler was not considered a good enough writer, or he wasn't considered a writer, so he was not allowed to write stories. He was only allowed to come up with them, and then someone else would be forced to write them. <laughs> or he'd have to write them with someone else, usually Jerry Davis, uh, which is how... Uh, uh, the Tenth Planet was written. It's how Tomb of the Cybermen was written. So Kit Peddler starts with 
Tenth Planet, which is the story of the Cybermen invading an, an Antarctic base, and then there's a story of the Cybermen invading the moon, and then there's a story about the Cybermen in a tomb that is their own, and then there's a story about a cyber, the Cybermen invading a space station, and then there's a story about a Cybermen invading Earth, which is the invasion. So he was really just like, hey, here's a cool sci-fi place, and then just said, go write this. Um, that's how Kit Peddler made a living. And... Uh, uh, so this is this is that this is the story in which the Cybermen invade a space station, and it's written by David Whitaker, who we talked about just a couple weeks ago with the rescue, who I think is a genius writer, but not here. Uh, which is which just tells you there's only so much lipstick you can put on the pig that is Kip Hetler. Um <laughs> just because it's kind of a it's kind of a mess. It's six episodes, like you said. It's ri- directed by Tristan Devericole. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but really, this is the only time we're ever going to talk about him. So who cares? Um. <laughs> and uh, uh, he wasn't allowed to come back, and it um, it's the introduction of Zoe, I think, is the last bit that's most important here. Um, this is the story that says that Zoe is, uh, that makes Zoe a new companion. Um, mm-hmm. uh, after the departure, the heartbreaking departure of Victoria, as Scott eventually, you will see why it's so heartbreaking. Um, it's just, it's, I, I think the departure of, of Victoria is really sad. But we have the introduction of Zoe, which is really great. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, Cyberman story that really just solidifies that the Cybermen are really just Patrick Troughton's villains more than anything else. Because no, no doctor has ever come up against the Cybermen as much as Patrick Troughton came up against the Cybermen. I think I could be wrong. Um, yeah, no, four times. Four times is a lot in three seasons. Yeah, so, yeah. So there it is. Well, we're right. in space. Some stuff. All right. Well, before we uh, move on and talk about the story, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. We can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition at 35 to 45% off, plus new release specials of 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. And just a reminder, beginning in July uh, through the end of November, uh, InStockTrades.com uh, is doing a uh, Doctor Who sale. So all Doctor Who comics, um, I'm assuming specifically, I think IDW is the only people that publish it. Um, so uh, all of IDW's Doctor Who comics uh, will be at a uh, crazy sale price. Um, so make sure that you're, uh, you're, you're, you're paying attention. And, and if you want some Doctor Who comics, then you're going to want to go to InStockTrades.com because no one is going to have them cheaper. So, uh, go to InStockTrades.com and, uh, get a bunch of Doctor Who books and, uh, get free shipping when you get, you know, more than 50 bucks. So links yeah. to InStockTrades.com. Uh, okay. So the wheel in space, um, you have long warned me about this story. I remember the first time I met you in person was the first time I heard you warn me of this story, um, because mm-hmm. you fell asleep watching it on the plane. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and, um, I have to say that, uh, you're not wrong, but I think personally, I don't think it's a great story by any means, but I will defend it and say, I think this story would be a lot better. Like, I, I don't even think anyone would really even complain about this story. Really, it would just sort of be like general classic who if the four missing episodes existed, because um, I do think it's stretched out like really thin. But I think there's enough here and I think the characters are interesting enough uh, and entertaining enough. 
mm-hmm. to to get you through six episodes if the six episodes existed because like the two that do exist they go by in a in a flash like yes. They they because uh, you're watching it and I'm just like I'm really entertained and enthralled by all of the characters that are um, in the wheel in space. So like I think if all the episodes existed, it would be fine. So the fact that they don't it really hurts the story because I find that <clears throat> when we're talking about reconstructions, the episodes sadly the episodes that make the best reconstructions are the ones that we're dying to see in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. and the ones that make really terrible reconstructions are the really generic episodes. Yes. Um, and these are very generic episodes of Doctor Who. Therefore, they make terrible reconstructions. Therefore, they it makes a very, very boring story. Um, but I don't think it would be so bad if they, if they existed. That's my theory. I don't, I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, because I do, I do, I do agree that episodes three and six really blaze by. But it's one of those things where it's like this. There's, I think there's a lot lost in translation on this. this is a very uh, Whitaker's a very gifted writer, and the first episode of this I think is actually quite good. Um, mm-hmm. if, if like it's just it's very. Uh, uh, I I hate to keep bringing up Sandifer, but Sandifer, uh, who does who did Tardis Ruditorum but moved on to his own website. Um, did uh did a, when he talked about the story he talked about how Whitaker is really channeling the the Hartnell model in a base under siege context where it's like you the Hartnell model is they walk out of the TARDIS they spend an episode just exploring the space and mm-hmm. I think that that's really true um and I think that it really works as a thing and it's very refreshing mm-hmm. it's just like once you get into the base under siege thing my problem is that I tire of it um mostly because I've seen all these stories um mm-hmm. all of the base under siege stories are just I I'm so over it like I just can't i can't do them and if if i'm very dismissive of it it's because it's a very dismissive format it's a format that is very uh, formulaic and isn't uh, uh, used very well because it's so Mm -hmm. complacent um you you feel about base under siege stories as i feel about doctor who civil war stories yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, you'll you'll get there. Trust me. Like when oh, you. Oh, I'm get, sure I will. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Because <laughs> because at least I mean I, at least like for you the 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 format is mostly uh, manageable. Because I think uh, you've seen the two Ice Warrior stories and this and Abominable mm-hmm. Snowmen. You're mm-hmm. still missing like Web of Fear and um, uh, Fury from the Deep and I think I think that's it. But like those like once you just like I I went on a run where I was basically watching nothing but base under siege stories and I really just wanted to put a a, a railroad spike through my face. Like I just hated it. Um just cuz it's just it's stock characters. Like this is this is Doctor Who at its most stock. Um uh and they don't I mean they very rarely do anything super duper interesting with them. Um but you're right. Like there is there's a lot to this that is, you know, this would just be a fine episode of Doctor Who. Um and it's I don't I think it's hardly the worst example of base under siege. But I think that uh, it's interesting because for me when I heard that this story was written by David Whitaker, I think I just, I hadn't really registered David Whitaker until I saw Power of the Daleks um or Evil of the Daleks and just listening to those stories, I was just like, this guy knows what he's doing. This guy knows what to do with the Daleks. He's so clever at making them new and interesting and, and, and about something. And so the idea of him doing a Cyberman story was really exciting. And looking at it, I can't say that he did anything that was like super interesting with the Cybermen at all. Um, and it's, and it just, he didn't, but I think what he did do, 
was his focus in this was not the Cybermen. His focus on the, in this watching this like the Cybermen really just are, are like, well, I, I need a bad guy, and they fit the theme of the story. And when the theme of the story is all about like it's it's all about Jamie getting over uh, the loss of of Victoria. Um, mm-hmm. and, and her leaving. In fact, the whole first episode, we don't even meet Zoe until the second episode. Yes. And the whole first episode, you know, Jamie is just really bummed out and trying to hide the fact that he's bummed out. He's trying to hide his emotions yes. because that's not a manly thing to do. And so what you end up dealing with then when we meet Zoe is Zoe is, is someone who's constantly reprimanded by her peers for not being emotional and for, for being too, uh, just calculated and, um, only looking at things like through like number crunches. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have this interesting dynamic with Jamie and Zoe where Jamie, Jamie, regardless of the fact that like Jamie would never admit that he's all emotion. Oh, the guy's all heart. I mean, that's all he is. Yes. Um, and, and Zoe is all brain. And, and that's what makes them this perfect pairing of companion um, because together they form the doctor essentially. Um, and I, and I just, I really, I really love that. And I, I see what he's doing here. He's like, well, how do I, how do I, you know, uh, how, like what, 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 what is a good villain to go against like this, com- this new companion dynamic and obviously it's the Cybermen who, who have no emotions and are very calculating and everything's number crunching. And it's really just showing like Zoe is, I mean, basically in this episode, Zoe is basically like a, um, a kind, good natured version of a Cyberman. Yes. Um, I yes. mean, that's, that's what she is. And so like, I don't think he says anything interesting about the Cybermen. I think he uses the Cybermen as a tool to say something interesting about Zoe. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's and that's that's absolutely true because Zoe here is much more robotic than anything. Like it's it's yeah. honestly like cuz you you and I have seen a bunch of Zoe stories at this point. It's weird to see. Like it's weird mm-hmm. to see her be so robot like the first time mm-hmm. you see her she is she is introduced as a library like mm-hmm. as as an object as a space to be occupied rather than as a person mm-hmm. um and it's and it's shocking to see because it just i mean for one thing it shows you just how far she comes between here and the war games um which makes the war games that much more depressing yeah. but for another for another thing it is very specific it is a very specific introduction and such a clever i mean for one thing zoe is one of those great high concept companions like i love Troughton's companions because none of them are modern i've always mm-hmm. said that um mm-hmm. you know you have the victorian orphan the scottish highlander from the state from the 17th century and you have this futuristic computer chick and i love that and you're right matching her up with the cybermen and drawing that connection is very uh, smart it's very good writing um mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it and it and it totally works because watching her deal with with jamie and the slow um uh softening of her character is really great like it's just really 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 great to see and definitely the highlight of this of this story um mm-hmm. It's just it's all why him. it's why Zoe's one of my favorite companions. I mean, she's probably fourth behind uh behind uh Jamie uh uh Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane and um K9. K9. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Ace, but, maybe Ace? Um oh, maybe maybe she is my maybe she's my third. Um 
I don't know why I thought fourth. I thought there was three, but maybe Zoe was one of the three. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, she's definitely one of my top five companions, um, without a doubt. And I think that's that's uh, I think that's why. Like I love that high concept, like you said, and I love how the two companions complement each other. Um, mm-hmm. And I just uh, you know I, I like that they're all sort of pieces of a whole. Yes. And yes. I, and I think that's that's really great. Like like you know you have you have Jamie who's all heart. You have Zoe who's all brains. And you have the doctor who is both plus experience. Yes. Um and I, and I think that that's it's just a really really phenomenal dynamic and one that never gets repeated. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um ever. <laughs> Which is a bummer. Yeah. Um because it's so good here. And uh-huh. and I do I love Zoe. I love yes. it. Yes. She's she's wonderful and watching. I mean, like I tweeted this out. Um, uh, which uh, speaking of speaking of why you should follow me on Twitter, if I see ridiculous things in Doctor Who, I'm just going to start posting screen caps on Twitter because it's just insane. Um, mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> they can't get pulled down from the BBC. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> um, but, but looking at it, like the the introduction of Zoe, like it's not. It's not like an amazing scene. It's a very good scene. But the thing about it is because like because we bring baggage to these stories. And I don't know if you knew that this was Zoe's introduction story. I mean, I'm sure you figured I it did. out very Oh, okay, cool. But like what, once you see her and it's like her introduction, there's nothing like watching a companion introduce herself. And I think that him or herself and watching it like just the quietness of the scene, the the fact that it's no, not blasé and knowing that Zoe goes on to stunningly wonderful things moving forward. Um, just that scene is so quiet and so beautiful and so uh, wonderful to watch because you're like, you have so far to go and I'm so excited to watch all of the things happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, more than just about any companion, I think. Because um, uh, like even Sarah Jane's first scene, like I like Sarah Jane's first scene quite a bit it's a it's a very good scene it's written by robert holmes but it doesn't have the same innocent quality that this does she walks sarah jane walks in with her hands on her hips zoe is sitting behind a desk and couldn't be bothered like and i love that about it i love that this girl is just plucked out of obscurity really she is no one they don't think anything of her and yet we know that she will go on to great 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 things um and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, I love, like, like you, I do love Zoe. I think she is one of my favorite companions and one of the best, like, just, I can't, I can't get enough of her. She is, if Jamie wasn't so damn good, like Zoe would be just my favorite Trouton companion just cause oh, it's yeah. just, just cause it's amazing. And I know that you haven't seen the Crotons, but like her, like the Crotons is basically just the doctor and Zoe just trolling around and having competitions to see who's smarter. And it's just fantastic to watch. Oh, I can't wait. It's so great. Um, so so let's talk about let's talk about the Cybermen because the reason they're making the joke about is this a Cybermen story is because I feel like the Cybermen have a very um, uh, backgrounded role in this. Um, oh yeah, and, it, and it's very. I think it, I, I I hesitate to use the word subtle because I don't feel like it's subtle. I just feel like they really hold back the Cybermen. Like they really just keep the cards very close to their chest. And I think that the idea is that the Cybermen are doing all this stuff, and we're hearing about it, and it's building tension. But I don't think it works um, because I feel like it. There's there there aren't a lot of stakes with it, and it doesn't really get to the thing where 
you just uh, you want to see the Cybermen working against the Doctor, and it's really just they're completely backgrounded the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it I, really I feels like like Whitaker had very little interest in <clears throat> in the villain of the of, in the in the plot of this mm-hmm. story. Yes, um, you, it really seemed like his interest was all in the character stuff, and it and it shows because anytime there's a character moment in this, including the characters that are introduced in this story. Like anytime there's any sort of character stuff where it's just two two or three characters all just like chatting, mm-hmm. you can tell like that's what he cares about. Anytime the Cybermen show up, it's just like yeah, then they do something. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's part of Whitaker just being very uh, 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 fed up with the base under siege story, just because. This guy understands that you can basically do anything with Doctor Who. And, I mean, the guy wrote Enemy of the World, which I know you haven't seen, but Enemy of the World is basically just, like, uh, anti-base under siege story. It's not a base under siege story, basically, at all. Um, And it's the one story that gets away with it in in this season. And... Looking at it, like I love that he's just—he just has no interest in the way that I have no interest. But he's confined to that, those parameters, and and those, and it, and it's enough of a confinement that it actually makes me lose interest um, until he gets back to those wonderful character moments. And it's 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 sad because I think that if they had just said do a Cyberman story about the Cyberman attacking a space station, I think he would have turned out something brilliant but 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 peddler comes in and does like an outline and says here's what i want to have happen in terms of base under siege and then whitaker gets handcuffed and writes to the best of his ability but is ultimately crippled by the fact that he was uh eviscerated to begin with um hmm. uh, much in the same way that dollhouse was eviscerated to begin with you know mm-hmm. like uh, dollhouse is not joss whedon's fault um regardless of what anyone says in my opinion right. it was not his fault um right. He was just handled a, a bum ship. Um, it's also interesting because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if you mentioned this in the background significance, but it is very significant that this is David Whitaker's second companion introduction story. Mm. I hadn't. I don't think I'd mentioned that it was his second companion introduction story. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, his first being the rescue, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And we taught we we sort of gushed about how great of a companion introduction that is, so like he he did he wrote the very first companion introduction story, um, arguably uh, companion replacement introduction story I should say, yeah. Um, and then and then he wrote this one and like it it's interesting because you compare this to the rescue and you can, you can tell it's the written by the same person because they care about the same things. And he takes the time to have the doctor and his companion talk about the fact that they just lost somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, uh, I think that's interesting and yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, looking back, I also realized that he did evil of the Daleks, which was the introduction of Victoria, but even so Victor- Vic- oh. evil of the Daleks does as well have a uh, good Victoria introduction. Um, so this is his third. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is his third. Um, wow. He, he's really significant for a number of reasons. Um, yeah. And, and then of course he did power of the Daleks, which is a doctor introduction story, Do- doctor introduction. And he did edge of destruction, which basically establishes that the TARDIS is a living creature, not a ship. Um, oh my God, this guy, you don't even know Believe such a me. bummer that he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't do anything again until ambassadors, which granted ambassadors, but, um, <laughs> it's a bummer that he doesn't, he sat back for, for a season. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then and then comes back with the ambassadors and then never writes again. Uh, yes, yes. Such a bummer. Yeah, but I mean, like that's why. I mean, it's it's like it's because of stuff like this, like you just said, and that he is really significant. I mean, this is the guy who script edited uh, uh, Unearthly Child through uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth. Like he was the Robert Holmes of that of those ten stories. Like so, the first ten stories are all you know basically coming from his own vision and peculiarities and. You know the guy. The guy is ridiculously significant for those reasons, and he's also you know a hell of a writer. Um, so he's going to be in that um, that Doctor Who uh, bi- biopic thing, right? He's got to be. He's got to yeah. be. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's interesting. If, uh, if if he's not, then what the hell are they doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, we should probably schedule a bonus episode for that. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna have to be a a special um a special a special thing, I suppose. Yeah, um, we'll just drop I'm, it in. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be really great because I'm I'm really interested. Also, uh, I just I just I just, <laughs> I just checked and it doesn't look like he's cast. There's a David Whitaker cast in Adventure of Time and Space, which is hysterical. Um, really. Like who thought who thought that was a good idea? Mervyn Pinfield. Uh, okay, apparently we'll Gatiss. <laughs> Gatiss, what are you thinking? Like, <laughs> what are you thinking? Mervyn Penfield is 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 cast in it. Mervyn Penfield being like the director of the Sensorites and Planet of the Giants and Galaxy Four. Wow, but not David Whitaker. Like, <laughs> not David Whitaker. Maybe he's just not listed on there because they just don't know. But like, they've listed a bunch of directors, but none of the writers. Like, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I just like Googled it, and I'm looking at pictures. Like set mm-hmm. pictures, and I'm like, oh my god, this looks awesome. <laughs> it have does you, look. It have does you look seen awesome. set pictures? Oh my god, I've seen I've seen some of them. Uh, they're pretty they're pretty amazing. Like, yeah, just really, really, really spectacular. Like it just looks, oh, looks so sexy. Wowzers. Um, yeah, and in color, no less, which is really fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, Whitaker. Yes, Whitaker's really just spectacularly gifted, and it's and it's a bummer that they give him a six part story because. You know, I can't even I can't even say that he's not good at structuring a six part story because, like, look at Evil of the Daleks. Evil of the Daleks is seven parts, and he did that. Like, mm-hmm. the guy can clearly do a long story, and even even Enemy of the World, like, the guy can clearly do it. The problem is that he's just completely handcuffed, and it's a bummer, and it's a wasted opportunity, and it's just like because I think that again there is a lot of merit to Cybermen invading a space station, but like. Is this the best version of Cybermen invading a space station? And it's like the truth is no. Like the, I can't. I can't imagine that that's the case. Um, sure. And it's and it's kind of sad. But like you know, the Cybermen just stay. Like the Cybermen do have a, an early introduction. They show up in episode at the end of episode two, which I was expecting them to be episode three, and I was kind of a little surprised by that because um, normally the Cybermen show up halfway through. That's kind of how it rolls. Um, but looking at it, it's just like it's just like the Cybermen show up, and then it's like okay, well. That happens. They hypnotize a bunch of people, and uh, <laughs> they kind of just sit or, sit around. And I mean, the Cybermats. The Cybermats are more threatening in this than than the actual Cybermen. Which I love the guy. I love the guy who just goes. Who just goes? Oh, Cybermat, come here! Psst, 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 psst. Come here! Come here! Come here, little guy! And the Cybermat just like messes with him, and he just like, oh, I guess I shouldn't tell anyone about this. It's like you were invaded by a little metal space slug. You. Sh- you should totally talk to people about it. Uh, dumb. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Wheel in Space. Like, 
I, I, I just look at it as mostly unfortunate because, like, I do think that there's a, a lot here, and I do think that it would benefit from an animation or rediscovering the episodes, which they should just. I mean, whoever's sitting on all the episodes should really just come forward at this point. It's been fifty years, you guys. Like, let's just, let's just, let's just all <laughs> recover all of them. Um, they've got, they've got, they've got to exist somewhere, right? They I mean, got to. They've got to. And to think that they don't is just my brain cannot process that idea. Yeah. Like it's just somebody so- has them somewhere and has no idea. Yeah. That has no idea that they're missing, has no idea what Doctor Who is. Just film collectors, yeah. Yeah. Or or film they either are just a film or it's just like in a in a warehouse somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like and, the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Right, yeah. And just somebody has them and they just have no idea they have them. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and not only have no idea that they have them, but are just completely ignorant to the fact that there's a show called Doctor Who and that there's episodes missing uh, and that they could even possibly have them, you know, like mm-hmm. just just there's there's ignorance somewhere that is blocking us from having these episodes. That's how they're always discovered. Always. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just it's just uh, it's unfortunate. Just. Let's recover them, because because then the wheel in space, like then I wouldn't dislike it as much. I mean, it's still I don't I still don't think it's a great story. I think it's fine, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, like this. If this were five episodes, it would be so much better. It's just six is so excessive. Like it's just so excessive, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't have enough to hold that. So there it is. There it is. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, Cybermen uh, have lava lamps, so that's good. <laughs> what's not what's not to what's not to love? Oh, the lava lamps. That's great. Good times. And it's synchronized great. uh synchronized ballet dancing. <laughs> just in I space. love the idea that the first Cyberman is like, walk this way, and he just kind of floats and the others just kind of follow him. <laughs> oh, good idea. And they don't think about it because they're Cybermen and they just And then there's that him. one that kind of stumbles a little <laughs> in the middle of space. And the other one's just like, damn it, we have have you not gone through your dance training? And the guy's like, no, I just, I, I, I picked this up yesterday. I got a phone call. And Simon's <laughs> just like, well, okay, just left, right, left, right, arms up, arms down. <laughs> and uh, next time, please do your research in ballet, please, for the love of God. You're embarrassing <laughs> all of us. Oh, uh, that's the best. That Woo! That's the best. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, before before we finish up, we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders two to three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Indeed. Next week, we return to the fifth Doctor era with yes. Arc of Infinity. God help us. Yep. That's what I've heard. God help us. That's what I've heard. It's it's bad, dude. It's bad. Uh, Well, that's what you said about this, and you set it up enough. You you, you took my expectations down low enough that uh, uh, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. So hopefully you do the same across yeah, the board. Yeah, yeah. Just go in in knowing that it's really awful. Like, just really, really awful. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But it's got a Six Doctor cameo, which is really nice. Oh, right. That's this one. Interesting. Yeah, that's this one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tip of the Tongue, which is the Fifth Doctor ebook. Uh, yes. We'll talk about that as well. Which so is that's... also a Fifth Doctor Nissa story, just like Arc of Infinity is the only Fifth Doctor Nissa story. So. Hmm. 
That'll be interesting. All right. Well, there's uh, there's that. And then uh, in the meantime, however, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, Scott Commentary, where I won't be live tweeting anything anytime soon. So stop asking me. No one's asking. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'll just, ask. Why aren't, why aren't you live tweeting, man? Because I don't have time. You doing okay? Are you all right? No. <laughs> <laughs> where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungadin, also my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD Commentary, where I'll live tweet things that I'm thinking at a given moment. Uh, like, Scott, give me time. I'm in the middle of watching a whole bunch of things because apparently we're like, it's summer. Let's just go crazy with the number of things we're working on. Um, and if you know anything about, like, we're doing key to time for one week, so that's something to prepare for. And then we're also uh, having a little bit of a heavier load on Mind Robbers Versus as we finish up Batman and Superman. Just give it Relax. Relax. Everyone just calm down. Also, uh, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com where you can re- read my reviews and discussions and analyses of all the do- the classic Doctor Who stories from Unearthly Child to the Paul McGann TV movie. Uh, if you want to read my thoughts on Wheel in Space, good luck because uh, Cassandra did this one. So, um... Mm. Uh, look at look at her look at her just really hating on herself uh, not herself <laughs> but the story because uh, oops um, so <laughs> but it'll be it'll be uh, it's, it's fine it's fine whatever yeah, it's over now it's over. <laughs> that blog is over now so it's all good um, and then of course uh, make sure that you check out the Mind Robbers Versus for our thoughts on, currently for our thoughts on Superman and Batman the Animated Series as well as uh, films such as Iron Man 3, Star Trek Into Darkness, Man of Steel, and coming soon, The Wolverine. Uh, is that is that the next one? No. Pac Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim. Yeah. That one too. Um, and, you know, who knows? I might end up seeing a movie and being like, holy crap, Matt, you need to go see this. You have to go see this. And I'll be like, I'll wait till DVD. And then we'll have an argument about it for like seven texts and then finally he'll send me an all caps text that goes fine i'll go i'll go and then he'll go and then we'll talk about it um i don't know if that's what what will happen but if something comes up that's what will happen um yeah so because that's what always happens he takes a lot of convincing to go to the theater is what i'm saying um, i'll fight you to the nail because uh, <laughs> movies are expensive you guys they're just so expensive <laughs> we're a sponsored podcast you can afford it uh. Um, <laughs> so there you go. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, and then the Mind Robbers, our flagship podcast. Look, we're putting a lot of work into that show. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> you guys, you don't even know. <laughs> I've been doing that show nonstop for the last two weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we're yeah. putting a lot of work into that show. So uh, how about you listen to it? Yeah, we talked about, guys, we talked about, what did we talk about? We talked about Game of Thrones last week. We talked about how great it was. We talked about uh, Behind the Candelabra. This week we're talking about, oh, God. Uh, House of Cards uh, and Arrested Development. Yeah, so, like, we're talking about Netflix and stuff. Um, yeah. And then, and then we're talking about Mad Men and Hannibal the week after that. And then the week after that we're doing uh, a, a TV rundown, which is really, like, I can't wait for that because that's something it's it's the I don't know I I came up with the format I'll just do my own I came up with a format that I love um, no it's a great format but it's yeah. gonna it's it's gonna be a pain in the ass <laughs> it's gonna be so much like fun. I should probably be starting that now yeah probably <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you say that high pitched because you know I'm right, and you know you probably should be too. I already started, yo. What? Oh, up? Did you? Oh yeah. man. Oh god, it's not that hard. Is it well, not? then again, I watch way less shows than you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, I had to figure out what my what my what my top top five top ten. What are we doing? I think it's ten. It's okay. 10. What are top? What are my top? Are we? Are we not splitting it up between comedy and drama? I don't. Well, we'll talk about it later. I don't okay. know. We'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> we're on. We're on mic, dude. Yeah. Get on. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> What's going on? Where am I? Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>